Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Hello and welcome to the GC Sunscast, a Gold Coast Sun show by fans for fans. I'm your host Shane and this week's episode is brought to you by our Patreon sponsors Dale Snelling, Jack's Dad, Paul Vosti, Robbie Fiorini, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, Chris Moore, Tom Kim and Tim. If you'd like to join our Patreon sponsors, head on over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast where you can help support the show financially. Otherwise, jump on over to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to get your podcasts from. Like, subscribe, and review the show to help other Suns fans find their way to our little community. Now, tonight's guest is a Patreon sponsor himself. I'd like to welcome to the show, Paul Vosti. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Hey, guys, Joe. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you. You've been a Patreon sponsor since February 2019 and supported the show for uh, coming on to um, uh, 18 months now. So it's been fantastic having your support and I'm glad I can get you on the show and uh, have have a few words and talk about our beloved sons. Yeah, no problem. That's, I think it's great what you guys have done over the last couple of years and it was good uh, catching up, having a few beers at the Gabba, the last year with Wayne and all the um, all the uh, family and uh, friends of the Suns. That was a, a good day that day. Yeah, that was a good night. Definitely a good night. Um, so let's start off the show by asking what's one of your memorable moments as a Suns supporter? I think um, memorable mo- moments, sort of the Suns comes back to the, the Jack Bowes and Wayne Bowes connection. And we um, sort of when Jack got drafted, uh, pretty close to Wayne and the family. I've known Jack since the day he was born up in Cairns and I lived up there at the same time. And so at that stage, I was pretty lost with uh, the footy club I was barracking for, Carlton. So I found a uh, reason to jump ship and get on the Suns. And I said to Wayne, where possible, we'd, um, we'd get to as many games as we could and travel around Australia. So we, we actually called it the Jack Bowes Tour. <laughs> and, uh, sort of started posting it on Facebook and Instagram and and with our work, we're pretty flexible of where we can work, so we're sort of lucky lucky enough to get a, get around and um, to a lot of the games throughout Australia. So that's probably the, the main thing. And then that's led to um, so many opportunities within the club and meeting some wonderful people throughout Australia and actually seeing the interstate cheer squads, how you know, how passionate they are about the Gold Coast Suns. You know, the, we, we were lucky enough to get together with 17 guys in Western Australia and met them at the pub before the game, had a few beers and then helped them with the, helped them with the banner and, and they just loved it. And, and you know, uh, Jeffa and the, uh, the Higgins family over there and then Mitch Powell in South Australia. Um, 
Sharon Hayes, Robbo and Jules Summer, Summers and all these other supporters we've met. And it's such a small club and it's in its infancy, but the passion is just as strong as these power Melbourne clubs and that have got 80 or 90,000 members. And I think it's actually, uh, that's been the real pleasure because it's, it's shown us in a circle of what this means to the people that support the Gold Coast Suns. Um, and from that, it's made it's, it's sort of become like a local footy club for me and Wayne. And Wayne's been Wayne Bose has been terrific in uh, fostering that um, with a, with a lot of the families and brought a lot of all the new draftee families together with the help of um, Sam Cohen initially, who was terrific. And then Sean Hart went the next level with that and with the, the fa- families and extended close friends and having meeting places before and after games and, and just making everyone feel a bit more connected and not isolated in the AFL world. So it, it's, it's, been, it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey and met some amazing people and the players of, you know, from Davey Swallow to Witsy all the way through to, you know, the young boys in Darcy and Braden and um, Will Powell and Bosey. They've just been, you know, terrific. They're always open for a chat, love to have a beer when they're allowed to, and uh, they're just, just great young men. Yeah. So that's, pro- that's yeah. probably been, in an essence, the uh, how fortunate I am to have been in this position with the Suns. Yeah, the, the connections that you build with the club, um, with not just... If you're fortunate enough to build those connections with players and the family directly involved with the club but not just that building that connection with fellow supporters that you've something you've got in common something that you cheer passionately about it's really touching and it's really bonding moment which brings essentially it's what we all support footy for it's that connection to uh, bond and just cheer for something and all be supportive of something that we love which is the Gold Coast Suns um, yeah. So, so what's your favourite win then for the Suns, Paul? I probably couldn't go past, especially being an ex-Carlton supporter, and um, probably couldn't go past the um, Suns game versus Carlton when Jack the match winner. That was um, that was pretty amazing that day, and um, and then the the other one was a the double header we won at uh, Sydney against the Swans when both the Neutral and the AFL side both won. So. Bit of a story with that, that that one. There was a few of the boys we we knew were playing in the Neeful side. Jack and uh, Benny Ainsworth and Pierce Handley were coming back from injury, and um, not that I'm condoning betting, but we uh, we saw that the Neeful side was paying seven to one. So we had a few dollars on the Neeful side to beat the Swans, who were on top of the ladder. And uh, yeah, they got the they got the victory, and and then we were watching it. And the members of a good mate of um, mine, Michael Usher organised his members' seats and as it turned out all the, the Suns NEFL players and support with Hardy and everyone were all sitting together in the same section. So we were um we we're all together, NEFL boys had won, we'd won a few dollars, we're having a few beers and then we were massive underdogs to beat the Swans. Uh, had heaps of injuries and they were just fantastic. I think we were four or five goals down early in the game and and just butted in, and uh, I was. We actually travelled with a Sydney supporter, Steve Baker, and uh, we had a bet on that game that the loser would 
would buy membership for the other side. So um, Steve's now a proud Victorian Gold Coast Suns member um, and, and loves it, actually. He's, uh, he's really embraced. He still works for the Swans, but he embraces the Suns as his second side. And, um, yeah, we had a wonderful weekend. So they're probably my two, two best uh, wins in the, in the last four years. Yeah, that's a special moment. I I do love the uh, the Carlton win with Bows uh, kicking that sealer. Um, yeah, a very special moment. Uh, I'm not going to drag on about that. I've probably mentioned it a dozen times on this show that I've got the match ball for that one. Um, favorite Suns player now. Assuming it's Jack Bows, who's second? Yeah, well, yeah, Jack uh, gets that. Um, yeah, it's uh, oh look. Darcy's Darcy's definitely the you know I've known Darcy and Jack lived together so got to know Darcy really well and and his family um, Karen and Steve are just wonderful people um, same with Benny Ainsworth and with Vicky and Steve um, we've become actual friends um, so probably those two boys are the two that I you know follow every single second they're playing playing footy and. Um, yeah, they're just they're great young men and great role models and wonderful family. But there's there's a list of you know another ten, fifteen, twenty players there that are, they're they're just a good group. I think um, I think what happened with with Stewie coming in and you know the Melbourne media had you know really were giving it to the Suns at that stage and players were leaving and everything like that. But most of the players that were leaving, most of the players weren't leaving. They were been moved on um, because they weren't of the right character, and I think the the group we've got now are, are all there for the right reasons. They're uh, they're actual friends. They've become very good mates as well, which um, sometimes in the Victorian clubs it's harder to have that level of mateship in the AFL system because they it's just harder to get around. It's hard if someone lives in. Brighton and the other player lives in Richmond. It's hard to meet and say, oh, let's go have a game of golf. Whereas on the Gold Coast, it's just so easy for them to, you know, meet at Burley Heads and have a game of golf or go for a surf. And they're just a, yeah, a wonderful group of young men. They're all coming through at the, the right time together. So exciting times. Do you play much golf yourself, Paul? Uh, used to, but then I got into um, triathlons and long-distance triathlons, and you, yeah, you just can't do both. But I, I think when I do come and live up in the Gold Coast in a few years' time, I'll get back into my golf. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while myself since I've played golf. I just don't find the time. But it was always a, a good bit of exercise, a bit of fun with some mates, and having a few beers, even if you have to sneak them on the course yourself, yeah. is always a bit of fun. Um, all right, so this year has been... A strange year, obviously, what's going on off-field with COVID and the things the AFL has had to do to get the season going. Uh, what changes or rules have happened this year you would like to see the AFL continue with next year? Uh, I'm happy with them to continue with the um, being able to run out of the uh, goal square for the kick-ins. I think that... That's been a progressive change, and it's it's allowed it, it makes it easier to get it out of the forward fifty. Uh, I think that's fine. Um, I I wouldn't want to keep sixteen minute quarters. I I think it eliminates the style of player and you, that you need in the game that can 
you know, really run their opponent into the ground and uh, it's it's benefiting players with less endurance. So I'd like to see the it go back to the the traditional length of the quarter. Um, they're probably the two I thought of um, that they've changed and then I've got one that I'd like to see them change, but that's probably your next question. Okay, so what is that? What what would you like to see changed? Well, everyone tends to focus on that the biggest problem in the game is the rolling balls. So when there's a um, too many people around contested footy. So you know, you have the Kevin Bartlett's of the world talking about, you know, interchange and things like that. One thing I've always looked at and I, I just keep seeing in it is that the umpires take too long to throw up the ball. So the nominating of the ruckman, if if they just got to a thing, said, right, it's ball up, they just went in and ball threw it up. No nominating ruckman, just throw it up. You would find that would probably save between 10, 10 30 seconds at a stoppage. The amount of extra players that actually get to that stoppage in that period of time is ridiculous. Um, I showed a thing on one of the footy shows the other day, just the difference in uh, just hesitating with your kick, how many, that 10 to 15 seconds, how long that was enabled to players to flood behind the footy. So I, I think if you, you did that, there's no nominating ruckman, the umpire comes in, ball up, that would reduce a lot of congestions around stoppages and would make the game open up a lot more. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good thought. Um, I've I've heard that one before. It does seem a bit ridiculous that uh, the umpires sort of turn around. You know, like the the players are, are school age kids. All right, yeah. who's gonna go for this ball? You know, it does seem a bit immature, and um, it, that's something that hopefully the AFL does rub out and and re- reverse. I like the seventeen rounds. Uh, I know it's only a shorter season, but I like the evenness and the quality of the fixture when we only play each team once. Um, I personally would probably like that to to return, but I'm not sure if it will. And um, the footy frenzy... Like with that, in um, remember when they did it in American football? And actually, that's what they went to a seven eight. They went to a, a season where they all played each other once. Yeah. And everyone they said, "Oh, they're crazy! You can't take that much revenue out of the game." It actually increased revenue because it made the product um, more scarce, and sponsors wanted to pay more to be involved, and and the game's never been stronger. So, uh, I I wouldn't I'd I'd be happy with seventeen games and maybe even a, a deeper final series. Um, I, I think that's a better... I'd rather 17 games a season and then instead of a top eight, maybe a top 10 or yeah. a top eight with a wild card weekend prior to that where you've got um, the... Uh, ten, 9 to 12 playing, yeah. playing for two spots. Yeah. Um, I, I think that would be much better. Obviously, the shorter amount of games means that wins are more and losses have more impact. And we're mm. seeing that this season. I feel like uh, the the tie that uh, Richmond and Collingwood had earlier in the season, the tie that uh, the Suns and the Bombers have, 
they're all going to come into play and have a bit of an impact this year. Whereas in previous years, it's just considered a, a percentage buffer. But uh, this year, uh, Collingwood could very well still just sneak, sneak into the eight because of that tie. And uh, Essendon could not make the eight because of that tie. And uh, same with Richmond. They could probably push into the top four because they have that, uh, that extra two points from the draw. So I'd like to see the 17-round season continue in the future. Um, honestly, I don't know whether it will or not, but uh, we'll have to wait and see what the AFL continue to do. Uh, mm. Rising Star, which son do you think is the front runner for the Rising Star this year? You can't really rule out Matt Rao. Noah Anderson's been sensational. And then you've got the brilliance of Isaac Rankin and the determination and composure of Connor Butterick. Yeah, it's uh, and it's, it's a you wouldn't want to be a bookie. It's probably the first year for a long time where the bookmaker it's you could have five or six picks and not get the winner this year. But um, I've always been a um, I've debated it over you know with with my mates. That the rising stars should be just for first year players. Um, I think there's a massive difference when a player is able to have that second preseason. And I, I know it's normally due to injuries, but the ten game rule. So for that, even though I love him and he's going to be a superstar, Isaac, I'd rule him out. But um, yeah, I'd probably go with Noah at the moment. I think he's his body of work for the whole year and uh, some of the things he's been able to do in the midfield in the the back half is pretty special for a first-year player. So I think him or the guy from Freo are going to be hard to beat. Yeah, I agree with you there. Noah Anderson has had a, a really fantastic couple of games lately. There, We'll get to the North Melbourne game later in the show, but he was fantastic in that game. And uh, he's put together a couple of really good performances and just showing his durability and, and consistency to still have an impact in his first season, which can't be ruled out because I don't think uh, Sarong from Fremantle has played every game this year. So I feel like uh, Anderson's got the edge over him. And, you know, still probably can't rule out Matt Rao. He, uh, you know, he just needs to get back into the uh, media spotlight and get some more attention. Uh, I'm sure when the Rising Star nominations start coming in, the, the voters... They're going to have to look at some footage of Matt Rowell again and they'll just be blown away by how impressive he was in those few games. Now, the Suns got a win against North Melbourne and mathematically, they're still in contention for finals. Do you think we are a shot of making finals this year? Do you think it's going to be next year, 21? Or do you think it's going to be 2022? Uh... I don't think we'll make it this year. I think the the, the losses to Melbourne, Essendon, St Kilda, and uh, who was the other close side? The Bulldogs it probably hurt us. Um, I think we were in all those games, and if we'd won a couple of those, we probably would have um, snuck into the eight. But um, in terms of that, I'll, I've never been worried about that this year anyway. It's, I've been wrapped with the progress. So I said to Wayne at the start of the year, uh, sort of following the Brisbane model of a couple of years ago, that if we could sort of win five or six games this year and have a percentage of around 90. Um, that was probably the target that, for, for me as a supporter, I would have said, well, that's that's a successful year. I think the the percentage factor when you're looking at a young developing side 
shows you how com- competitive they are across the whole season and and within within games. Like if if you just focus on the win loss and they've got a percentage of sixty, you're, you're probably looking well. Yeah, they've they've won five games again, but they've been thrashed in ten. So I think having that percentage, I think we're at one hundred and one at the moment after fourteen rounds, which is it's just fantastic. So it just shows. Yeah, you know, even the um, even the Geelong game. I think if you remember back to the Geelong game, like if we kicked a couple of goals late in the third quarter, we would have probably been a bit closer. Yeah, I think we would have we could have gone in thirteen points up at three quarter time. Mm. Now they blew us away in the last quarter, but if you're thirteen points up instead of five points down at three quarter time, it's a, it's a different mindset. So yeah, I think a lot of people showing unfortunately get focused on wins and losses with. Um, and every every side's at a different stage of that development and premiership cycle. So, leading to what you, what you were saying, the Suns have been pretty open in their um to their members and that that they it's always been about 2022. Um, and that was the when all the planets are meant to align with the the list in terms of the age age structure, the games played. And um, when we're sort of ready to start making our assault, so we could possibly be a year to schedule, and if things went right next year, certainly be in a position to contend to the bottom part of the eight. But I think by 2022, we should be starting as members and supporters be expecting that. And if they didn't uh, play finals by 2022, we'd uh, we'd probably want to know why. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we're on the right track. And this season, uh, while it's still yet to be completed, five wins, a draw, and a percentage of over 100 is pretty impressive. And I think at the start of the year, if we were told that was what we were going to finish on, assuming it was going to be a 22-round season, I'd say we probably would have taken that, wouldn't we? Nine out of ten footy judges in in, uh, footy heartland in Victoria and... Nine out of ten of my mates unequivocally said we would win wooden spoon. There was no, there was no one else that would come second. Yeah, so, would come last. It was just like Gold Coast will finish bottom, and uh, then we'll work out who's seventeenth, sixteenth, fifteenth. So I, yeah, it's been an outstanding season, and and they've played. Uh, and credit to Stewie, and you know, you even you even look at things like the ruck work of Jared Witts for the last two years. It's always been tapped to right. Tap to the hip, tap to the hip, keep the footy in close, play Gower, real inside footy. Now, you know, you, round two, he, he grabbed it and kicked it out of the centre. He's, he's hitting outside of stoppages. Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. They're playing through the corridor, exciting brand of footy. Like it's all, it's all the layers of the game that the coaching staff are teaching the players now. That you know, the first start was contested footy, dower in tight, defend, keep, keep, keep it a contest. Now they're now they're starting to show the footy world. Sons are playing good footy. Uh, 
the AFL aren't putting them on Thursday and Friday night because they're playing the style of footy they were in um, 2018. They're playing a brand of footy now that people want to watch and are excited about. Yeah, it's been great to watch football this year. So as we look ahead now to 2021 and beyond, who do you think the Suns need to target to bring into our side to improve us? Do you, are there, We've had a lot of players being linked to us over the last few weeks. There's been Nathan Broad. There's been uh, Rory Atkins. Uh, I think I even heard um, someone link Taylor Walker to the Suns over the weekend. So which players do you think the Suns need to target to, to improve? Because... The other thing, with all the football being played up here in the Gold Coast, players are really getting the the a taste of the Gold Coast lifestyle and just how good it can be to play the sport that you love in world-class facilities in fantastic weather and um, not get harassed when you walk out onto the street. It's got to be a big selling point for players. Oh, absolutely. Mark Evans was uh, licking his lips when... Uh... He uh, heard the hub and all the stuff that was happening because it's basically uh, the whole AFL community are uh, getting a, a first-hand taste of what Gold Coast life is. And trust me, sitting in uh, in uh, Melbourne for three months in the middle of winter, and it's it's not a bad place to be, the Gold Coast. And I, I think that leads to um, you, like your question's a really interesting question because. Yeah, you can look at the list and, and it can change. Like, you know, obviously we're going to get young Davies and Joel Jeffrey um, in this year's draft for three again. So, you know, and they're both 190-plus um, utility-style players. So the list is going to keep evolving. But if you keep thinking towards that 2022, uh, I think what will happen is that the club will keep strategically looking at players of great culture and great um, habits like, like Brandon Ellis that will bring from premiership systems or successful systems like Hawthorne, Geelong um, and Richmond and uh, those probably those three in particular and they'll just keep trying to bring in players for the, the, the now that will take pressure off the younger bodies and keep developing um the young, the younger talent um, of what it's what what you need to be to be an AFL premiership style player and what what it what it actually goes into that happening, and and then like um, Brisbane with a Lockie Neal, there's going to be players that are up here right now that are talking to their managers and saying, when I come out of contract, I want to finish my career in Queensland. And that hasn't happened. It's been Craig Cameron and his team bringing managers saying, have you got anyone? Have you got anyone? Does anyone want to come up here? And I think we're, we're going to be the, the destination club and it'll be someone like I remember talking to Jared Witts when he left Collingwood and he was up there um, last year and he said, I'm seven foot, I can go to a cafe, I can eat my breakfast, no one, no one hassles me, no one asks me for selfies. And I just love playing footy and love the lifestyle here. So not every player is like that, Shane. Some some players love love the attention, love being in the, the footy heartlands, but there's players that... Now, who's to say 
Dustin Martin couldn't turn around next year and say, well, I've won three flags at Richmond. I want to have the last three years on the Gold Coast, just being left alone playing footy. You just you don't know what's out there. So I think they'll um, I think they'll have some players presented to them that'll give them opportunities to make the right decision. Yeah, it's going to be in t- exciting times. Um, the only other player I want to ask your thoughts on is Brad Crouch. He was so close to coming to the Suns last year. Uh, he's a free agent this year. Do you think the Suns should target Brad Crouch or do you think we no longer need a player of his type? Yeah, no, I think the horse, I think the horse is bolted, actually. I think um, Raul and Anderson coming on literally is ready-made. Um, is that that needs probably not not as we probably don't need him like we probably did last year. Like if if they'd struck the deal last year, he probably would have fit. We would have been happy about it. But I think now the money the money you'd have to pay to get him, I think, would be far better. You know, like we're on a Gold Coast Suns podcast, so let's um, let's dream. Yeah, you'd rather save the money for him to throw a big deal at Darcy Moore. Yeah, absolutely. We need a strong key back, I, I think, know. with Thompson suffering another ACL. Although I heard from a friend of the show, Tom Boswell, during the week that um, that he's going to have keyhole surgery, Thompson. So they're hopeful yeah. that uh, they'll be able to... Well, the keyhole surgery is to assess the damage and Correct. what they can do. So there's still hope that Thompson will be able to return sometime next year and play AFL. Uh, but until then, we'll just have to wait and see what the club gives us. Finally, yeah. before we get into the match review, Paul, uh, this is your chance to talk about anything Suns-related you'd like to talk about. Now, we spoke off, off air earlier, and uh, you wanted to bring up list sizes. So with the Suns and the AFL cutting back list list sizes, we suspect it's going to be 38 plus two rookies. Um, hopefully the Suns get those extra um, concessions still. But what's your take on the list sizes? Yeah, so yeah, that's the info that I've been getting told as well. And I think that's going to put us in a really strong position again with that. It's, for me, it's always about this... The premiership, the, the timing of your list as well, and um, we've spoken about that quite a bit. But is that with these um, these big clubs like Liam Baker at the moment, Richmond, you know, he's right in contention for all, all Australian small back. Now he's a, he's not he's on Richmond's rookie list, so Richmond are going to turn around with 43 on their primary list and five rookies, having to possibly get rid of 10 players. Now. There's going to be some talent, some experienced talent out there that would normally not be accessible to the Gold Coast Suns. So I think it's really exciting what um, if we're if we're still allowed to have a few more players than um, the other sides because of um, being a development club. It, it could be quite exciting what what might be actually out there. And same goes with the um, with the coaching and support staff. There's been a lot in the media about Dean Solomon and Hart and these wonderful people that have um, had to be let go and 
those guys in particular were fantastic to me and especially to Wayne and his family over the last few years. They're just outstanding um, football people. But the club had to make a decision to get under the cap. Now, Gold Coast need more coaches than what a Richmond would next year because Richmond don't need as many coaches in the de development area. So maybe... You know, Stewie and Adam probably had to make a decision around, well, how many, how many, co how many people do we need in this footy club to teach these young people? All right, we might have to let go of a level four fantastic coach in Dean Solomon, but we might be able to pick up uh, three quality development coaches for the same money, for example. So, I think that it's it's a really interesting be a fly on the wall and how, how they've actually come with, come up with the decisions and all the clubs are going to have to make some really tough decisions um, in this COVID world. So, yeah, but I think Gold Coast are in a really good position to take advantage of um, a lot of these changes. So it's exciting times. Yeah, it's definitely a watch this space. And uh, I, I suggest that fans reserve their judgment and criticisms on some of these decisions until we see the whole picture pan out at the end of the season. Um, all right, let's get into the match review, Paul. So Gold Coast Suns, 12 goals, 19-91, defeated North Melbourne, 4 goals, 4-28. Uh, Sexton kicked 4 goals, Day and King with 2 apiece. Uh, the young Suns really stood up. Uh, Rankin was impressive, especially early in the first quarter. Uh, Lacocious had his usual impact. Anderson had an impressive game as well. And it was just nice to watch some stress-free footy because I pretty much felt like the game was over a few minutes into it. How do you see it, Paul? Yeah, it's a, it's funny to get ahead of yourself in that situation. Like uh, one of my little mates, um, Bud Wallace, he's a, he's a Collingwood supporter, but he's also bought a uh, Suns membership. And he's uh he's proud and passionate now, and he uh he was texting me, oh, no, no, you've got this in the bag, and you don't know, like North looked off their game, but um yeah, but it just stayed that way. They just they uh you know the commentators were saying it was by the end it was like they were playing against witches hats, and it it certainly wasn't this what we're used to seeing out of a Gold Coast Suns game. No, we're yeah. used to seeing a, a high pressure brand of footy, and the Suns have been a bit poor in that in the last week. So I was looking forward to seeing uh, whether the Suns can bring back that high pressure. But North Melbourne weren't providing uh, much resistance. So it was basically the Suns having free reign to exercise their ball movement and take the game on. So we saw less down the line kicking and more running through the corridor, which was great to see. Very exciting game of football. My only criticism from the game is, uh, the goal kicking accuracy was well down. Uh, what 19 behinds, 12 goals. Uh, I just feel like they should have been a lot further in front. King kicked four behinds himself, missed a couple of easy shots in front of goal. Corbett the same with three three behinds. They really need to nail these these. Uh, behinds and kick goals because it's going to come back and bite them uh, especially in a, a tighter contest 
Yeah, it's funny that, and it's a bit like when you when you're younger and you play basketball and you miss your first shot and you just keep missing. It was uh, just became infectious. But you're right, the the ball movement was completely, and I think that was like to sit back on your your couch on a Sunday Sunday night and watch it. It was it was it was pretty good to watch the talent that is on the list as well. The Rankins, Lacoches, and Bows, and Benny Ainsworth, and the decision making they were making. I think we had 15 marks inside 50, which, you know, that hasn't happened for years. So it just showed that the the ball movement was coming. It was coming down pretty quickly, and it was the players. There was a lack of pressure around the footy by North Melbourne. Yeah, there was. Um, do you have any other criticisms to add to that game? Ah, uh, no, nah, not really. No. Like, uh, <laughs> any time you have thirty-one shots to eight, um, it's a, it's a pretty comprehensive victory. It, you know, I would have. Um, I was pretty confident with the nine-day break we'd we'd win. Um, we were out on the feet the last couple of games, the last quarter against Richmond and then the Carlton game where um, the boys have spent. Um, but yeah, I thought with the nine-day break, I was pretty hopeful they'd come out come out running and yeah, they were good from the start. So, no, it was, it was terrific. All right, well, let's move on to some positives. This is incredible! Lockie Weller, 100 games, the first academy graduate to do so. Uh, he didn't have a huge impact on the game, but he still did his bit, and it was good to see uh, Lockie, you know, become the first son uh, academy graduate to hit that hundred games. Uh, he went about it the the hard way by getting drafted to Fremantle first, but he's back in Suns colours, and uh, he hasn't disappointed since coming over, has he? Uh, it's fantastic, and again, I'll be fortunate enough to meet Lockie. Plenty of times, and just a wonderful young man, and um, and you know, and we got Charlie Bell out of that deal for the Victorians that don't understand um, that he wasn't just a straight swap for pick two. So I think um, Wellard and Bellard, well, Weller and Bellard over over the journey are going to prove to be a pretty um, pretty good double for a pick two. So I think uh, look, uh, credit to Lockie. I know at times there was uh, it was unfair the scrutiny he was being put under. It wasn't. He didn't. Um, all he said is that he wanted to come home and play footy at the Gold Coast. He didn't. Um, he he wasn't part of the bidding process. So um, I think he he's um, stood up to a lot of the pressure over the last couple of years, and he's had a great year. You know, he was lucky enough to play in the um, the the games down at Melbourne at the start of the year for the Australia side, and you know he played terrific down there as well. And I think. Um, one of the benefits of this COVID year, again, that Suns have definitely been, is that we've been on prime time. We've had you know, all the, the armchair critics, the Jared Healy's, all the commentators, um, you know, our mates Mitch, Mitch Cleary, who is a Suns supporter. Everyone's getting to see more of these footballs now and uh, actually realise that they've got a fair bit of talent. So, yeah, no, congratulations to Lockie, and I'm sure he'll go on and play you know, a lot more games for the Gold Coast. A couple of other positives to add to that. I thought Wits did a sensational job against Goldstein, who's been one of the form ruckmen in the competition this year, uh, really nullifying Goldstein and uh, beating him at his own game. Uh, King's athleticism in that uh, second quarter to uh, you know, burn off Noah Anderson in that middle and, and run towards goal. It's a shame he couldn't convert, but that was uh, pretty impressive. 
you know, we could be playing King on the wing and have Peter Wright down forward at one point. Uh, Sexton returned with the bang. Uh, his four goals all having an impact, uh, four straight goals, so maybe the other players can uh, learn how to kick straight from him. And McPherson returned to the side with 23 pressure acts leading the Suns. Uh, he added to the midfield rotations, which is something we've been calling out for a while now, uh, with just under third, attending just under 30% of the center bounces. So McPherson did well. What what positives did you take from the game? What was probably your favorite? Yeah, look, it was great to see Darcy back, and he had his you know from right from the start, he had his um his his mojo back. I think um, it was interesting, yeah, his season because you know after the preseason games, he was the highest ranked player at the club, and I think he got tagged and and sort of just went went off form a little bit, and then they played him more as a permanent forward role, and he was. You know, it's 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 a hard position. So it was great to see him back in that mid mid uh, forward rotation. I think with King, yeah, King's King's just exciting. It's um it's scary what he's gonna do and who's to say. Yeah, like they Healy said, maybe he could be on the wing and he could be kicking it to his brother Max coming out of the goal square. You know, who's to say the Twins don't play together in Gold Coast Suns colours in um a few years to time, a few years time. Oh, that certainly is something to dream about. Uh, and we'd be remiss if not to mention Ben Ainsworth, who had the highest player ratings for the Suns in this game with 19.5. He had a stellar game, 23 disposals, 11 marks, uh, countless inside 50s, and kicked a brilliant snap goal as well. What do you make of his game? Oh, Benny was brilliant. And it's, and it's no surprise that Ainsworth and Bowes are both having their best season uh, injury-free. You know, the first three years, both of them were um, injury-interrupted, and each time they were just hitting their straps, so they had sort of six- to eight-week injuries. Um, Ben's a star, um, and once he just gets uh, more and more belief in his body, he's um, he's going to turn into a, a wonderful player for the, for the club. All right, and to finish up, the return of the play of the game. Play of the game. It uh, goes to Noah Anderson. His 360-degree uh, turn into a, at the forward 50 after help from help of an intercept from fellow Suns players. Uh, yeah, 360-degree turn and ran into the forward 50, kicked a great goal from about 40 out. Uh, fantastic effort from Anderson. And uh, that goes along with news that Anderson has re-signed for two years. So that's all of the Suns' key young stars signed up long-term. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful news for the club. But, um, uh, I just can't wait for the first one of them to uh, sign their third um, contract. I've got, to, <laughs> I've, got, I've got to give him a shout. I've got a mate, um, Hawthorne supporter, David Leach, who's a great great friend of um, Bosey as well. And uh, he just... Keeps telling, oh, yeah, Anderson will be back at Hawthorne. That's where his dad played. Growl will be here. You know, it'll, just, uh, it'll be wonderful when the first lot of these boys uh, re-sign their next contract and uh, stop some of these Victorians uh, continually thinking they're all going home. Well, I reckon the Sun should target a Hawthorne young gun, Will Day. Uh, he is a Sun supporter as he was growing up, so... He's uh, been one of the shining lights for Hawthorne this year, and I think the Suns could really use him. I like, I like that, Chad. Yeah. Um, you mentioned before uh, Jack Bowes, 
being having a career best year. He's been playing down back. Now, what's your thoughts on Jack Bowes playing down back as his position? And do you think he should stay there? Uh, I think with Jack is that it's funny. We've had you know, a few chats about it. Jack, Jack just, you know, just as because I've known him my whole life, is that he's just flexible. He can play for, he can play anywhere. So ideally, if if you if you said, "Oh, where where would you like him to play?" You'd say midfield. That's where he learned his craft and is probably best suited. But at the end of the day, you can't have 18 midfielders. But Jack can sort of play forward, wing, back, um, and even his roles back. He can play all different roles. Like yesterday, he was on Cam on Zerga or whatever his name is, and he kept him goalless. The goal he had, um, Jack was on the bench at the time, you know, and he took him deep, so Jack was out of the game, but he just played his role for the same. So he's a very selfless player, and I think ultimately the, the time will come when when we get uh, further down the track and the Suns will probably be running eight or ten players through the midfield like a lot of these other sides and like our supporters are wanting us to do, but... They're not doing it at the moment because they're trying to keep structure and trying to keep like the back seven together. So they, Charlie Ballard and Will and Jack and Lacocious all get used to each other. Um, trying to keep the midfield group get used to each other. Bodies of work, games together. Um, and then that time will come that, you know, in in three or four years, there'll probably be McPherson, Bowes, Ainsworth, Rao, Anderson, Weller. You name it, they'll all be running through the midfield at periods of time. And so, you know, like the Collingwood at certain stages, about eight to ten players running through the midfield. But um, it's probably a long answer to your question. But I think um, I think his flexibility is his biggest asset. So just keep developing that flexibility so that um, if we need him wherever we need him, we can use him in that role. Fantastic. Well, it's time to end the show. Go Suns. Thank you. Summer happens at Speedway because everything you need for summer happens at Speedway. Like drinks. Drinks happen. The freshly brewed drink, the splashed over ice drink, the wake you up drink, the cool you off drink, the make your brain hurt for a minute drink. All poured however you want them, whenever you want them, all summer long. So on every hot day, you have something cold to sip. Speedway. Summer happens here. And now, get any size fountain or speedy freeze for just 99 cents. Excludes maximum. When you get behind the wheel of a Toyota Highlander XSE, magical moments are always right around the corner. One second you're using all-wheel drive to climb up a steep trail on the outskirts of town, when suddenly you make it to a clearing at the very top and see a view of your side of town that takes your breath away. Wait a minute. That's our block? Mm Mm-hmm. The west side never looks so good. Make the most of each moment with a powerfully capable Toyota SUV like the Highlander XSE. Toyota, let's go places.